Thanks for listening to and subscribing to the Inside Deschutes County podcast. Wherever you might be and however you might be listening, thanks for making us a part of your day. Whether on your lunch break, your drive to work, or even on your afternoon walk, be sure to catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Deschutes.org slash podcast. Deschutes County is an amazing place to live. Work. work and play. Great place to raise a family. I love the weather and the high desert. At Deschutes County, we provide excellent service. Beautiful. We're here to help you. Deschutes County is the heart of Oregon. Everyone wants to be here. We are jumping right into episode three of the Inside Deschutes County podcast. I'm Eric Brion bringing you this podcast from the Deschutes Services Building in Bend, Oregon. We are going to talk about all things solid waste in just a minute, but first, let's get you up to speed on some headlines. First off, county budget meetings happening this week. Very important time for the county. You can watch online. Just head on over to Deschutes.org slash meetings. Or if you miss them live, you can go to our YouTube page to watch them back. BPAC, the Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee, is looking for new members. If you want to help with bicycle and pedestrian safety and other issues, you can apply for one of their four openings. Yes, four openings on our website. Just look for the committee and volunteer openings on the jobs tab. And congrats to the road department. They've got the Cascade Lakes Highway and Paulina Lake Road open. Huge task every year, but they got it open before the holiday weekend. I was up there uh, earlier, about five feet of snow that they had to clear. Uh, there's still some icy spots, so just be mindful of that. Uh, a lot of roadside snow as well, so just uh, be careful for that at, up at the higher elevations. And we are close to a big household waste event in Redmond, Sisters, and La Pine. This is a one-day deal. You can drop off your hazardous waste for free. For the dates, locations, and times, we have those online at theshoots.org as well. Just click on the County News Center. We have a release for you there. So, perfect segue into our discussion today. I'm very excited about this conversation. We want to welcome two men who do a very important job for the county, some might call it a dirty job. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to call it a dirty job, but I find it super interesting. Chad Centola is here, the director of Solid Waste. Welcome. Thank you. And Tim Brownell, the incoming director. We'll talk about that transition in a little bit, but thank you both for being here. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, first, there's news to talk about when it comes to solid waste. So uh, when it comes to finding a site for a new landfill, not running out of space. Chad, can you walk us uh, through that uh, process right now? What, what's the latest on that? So we've been working for about two years on finding a new site for um, to take the place of not landfill when it reaches capacity. We're, we've calculated at this point, November of 2029, we'll be out of room there. So about two years ago, we started a quest working in-house with uh, um, uh, department heads and a few other technical people in the county. Um, and at that time, we had identified a little over 200 potential locations and uh, hired a consulting firm to, to f further the process. And at this point, we are down to two official sites. We went down looking at um, over 50 criteria. Um, some of them are driven by regulations. Some are by county zoning. Um, practicality, engineering, things like that, and are down to two sites at this point. 
Um, we have a, a side effort going on. Um, we had not considered BLM land after an analysis that was done by my predecessor a couple of years ago, and uh, we were asked to take a closer look at BLM land again. So the normal process of BLM takes five to 10 years to do. That doesn't work with our timeline, and there is a legislative process to get a bill passed through Washington, D.C. to basically um, have the BLM grant land to the county. And we're looking at a couple of sites for that just to give us a little bit more flexibility in our selection process. Can you can you talk about what sites are left that are still under consideration? Sure. <clears throat> there, there's, there's two on the official list. Uh, Moon Pit, which is owned by Hooker Creek. It's a mining operation on the, the backside of the uh, Oregon Badlands. Um, they've been there for, for years. And um, that site has floated to the top. There's, there, like any site, there's going to be challenges there. And the, the second site is we refer to it as Roth East. The, the Roth family owns a lot of property up in the Millican Valley. And essentially, it's a, a, a parcel between the, the town of Millican and the foot of uh, uh, Pine Mountain. So, Tim, this has been a pretty tough process. Uh, uh, what what kind of roadblocks have you had to overcome to get down to two? Because this list was a lot larger, right? Yeah, I think... Um Originally, there were well over 200 sites, um, and with, uh, with the consulting firm Parametrics, they did a really good job of, of analyzing the various locations and determining which ones pretty quickly were truly not viable. Um, but I would say the most challenging part of this is this stage of the process had been looking for sites that might have um, be technically viable. And um, as we got down to about 30 sites and then uh, uh, even uh, farther down to about 13 sites, we made the, we opened the process up to make sure that it was uh, transparent. And, and that part of the process, um, although we, we had 13 sites that weren't close to being selected, um, uh, community members, we were notifying them that, that areas in their neighborhoods were under consideration, and that that brought um, uh, that brought some people forward who had real concerns about the, the possibility of a facility like this being located um, within a mile or two of their homes, and, and um, uh, community members and and neighborhood groups got very involved in the process, uh, rightfully so, wanting to understand it. But um, I, I think that. That part of the process and and the emotional impact of that that process on uh, certain individuals in certain neighborhoods um, uh, was interesting. It was concerning. It was um, understandably impactful. And and so going through that part of the process, I would say actually was the, the hardest part. I think for the um, everyone involved at this point, uh, the two remaining sites are are pretty far out, um, don't have as much um, residential impact, uh, but there will still be impacted communities um, or in impacted individuals. So uh, we're going to be very mindful of that as we move forward. And Chad, you talked about 2029, mm -hmm. right? So explain to people why this is, uh, why you're running out of room, why not is no longer viable. Is it... Uh, you know, just kind of explain why the the space is needed or why you have to transition. Yeah, so there's a, a specific design for what, <clears throat> excuse me, what not landfill is going to look like when it reaches capacity. And so our calculations and estimates are based on what the final shape of the landfill will look like. 
Um, you can't really tell from 27th Street. We excavate about 100 feet below grade out there, so there's this rather large hole. And I can remember my first days there thinking, boy, this place is enormous, and not so much. It, it fills pretty fast. It's, a, it's, it's visible to see. Um, so the, that calculation is based on what the shape of the landfill is going to look like at the end. Uh, the county made a conscious decision um, back in about uh, the year 2000 to limit the height to about 30 feet. Um, I think at the time that was the, the maximum building height in the city of Bend, so that was the guideline that we, we had used for it. Um, so there, um, there's some things you have to do when you're reaching capacity at a landfill. You have to uh, maintain proper drainage. You can't allow uh, um, precipitation to accumulate on the landfill. So there's some design features and shape related to it that kind of drive what that final shape of the landfill is going to look like. So yeah, I just envision you guys have like this big, huge countdown clock in your office <laughs> and just, uh, you know, watching as the, the space run it. And that's why you do some blasting out there too, I imagine. Right is to kind of to make room for the the space that you do have. Yeah, you know, not landfill is kind of a challenging location. Um, in the early days, when it first started back in the seventies, um, the corner of the landfill they were working in was there was no rock there, so they, they would excavate soil and actually sell it to the community. And as the the landfill advanced, we started hitting these uh, these rock formations. So everything from about um, 2002 on has involved uh, excavating 30 feet of rock off of the surface before we can get down to soil. Um, so that's that's what that blasting operation is related to. And so real real quickly, then the next step, Tim, is what for this process? Uh, for the landfill siting process yeah. is really looking at um, uh, these last two sites uh, in much more detail, really um, geotechnical um, uh as well as as uh, uh, location and permit permittability is and really looking at what are the characteristics of this site to um, determine their, its operating costs and whether there are any other um, limitations that might uh, create hazards or problems for us. So uh, we're trying to get to one final site by next spring. The, the sooner the better because the permitting process itself is going to take us several years uh, as well as the um, uh, public engagement process and potential legal process. So All kinds of things wrapped yeah. up into this. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I find your jobs super fascinating. Huge machinery, chemicals, uh, gases out there. I, f I feel like it's a every little kid's dream to kind of <laughs> go play the, you know, with all the big equipment. And if you've ever been out to the landfill, they just some uh, really interesting uh, ways that they move stuff around and squash it down. And what drew you guys to this line of work? Did you fall into it? Did you just have a fascination with this stuff? Uh, Chad, tell me, you know, <laughs> Tell me, what got you here? Yeah, I think I have an interesting story. Uh, you know, ba back in the day, people did not um, uh, aspire to work in in the landfill industry, and in that in that time, it would they were dumps, not landfills. So the the world transitioned from dumps to landfills in the in the mid nineteen nineties. Um, I got my undergraduate <clears throat> degree in forestry and had a six month career in that back in the the, the mid nineteen nineties. Uh, um, um, no, excuse me, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, the 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 early nineteen eighties. Um, and uh, there was a recession at the time, so um, that career was very short-lived, and uh, fate in a series of jobs dropped me into the salt waste business. I, the closest thing to a tree I could get was working for a company that inspected utility poles, and we had a contract with the city of Palo Alto down in the Bay Area, and uh, I worked with their electric department, and I really liked what I saw in that organization, and so I started applying for any job I even remotely qualified for, 
And I was interviewed for a job at the scale house at the landfill taking people's money. And I had to convince him it was okay for a college graduate to do this. And uh, that, that launched a 40-year career that I have absolutely no regrets about. Uh, it's a challenging industry. Um, I was there to, you know, work through the transition from dumps to landfills. Uh, technology, engineering, everything has changed so much over my career here. And it, it's been great. I, I, I have no regrets for what I've, what I've been doing for a living for 40 years. Wow, that's so – 40 years. That's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty incredible. You've, I'm sure you've seen some craziness out on the landfill. Have you guys, either one of you, have you guys just, is there a story you can share of something that just either went awry or something that uh, somebody did they shouldn't have or? You know, I'll, I'll start first. You may you may have some of your own, Tim, there. Um, you know, I, now, I, years ago I said, God, I should have been writing a book or keeping notes because, yeah, there were some zany things that happened over the years and I've been trying to think of uh, stories. And you know, one of the ones that is uh, what is actually in the landfill besides garbage, there's actually some valuable things out there. I know at uh, not landfill, there's a sack of rubies that came out of a, a jewelry store that got inadvertently disposed of. There's a pocket watch that we were told. Wait, a, a sack of rubies? Yeah. Like gems? Yes. Like... Yeah, a jewelry store received them on delivery. This, this must have been 15, 20 years ago or so. And somebody accidentally threw them away in the trash. And uh, they, the, the insurance company came out to the landfill. Um, you got to understand the amount of garbage coming in every day. You're not going to, unless you're there when that truck unloads, you might be lucky to find it in that load. But, Did I uh, see those in your office? Did I see that? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so here, here's a great story. So um, we have these transfer stations in Redmond Sisters and Lapine. And uh, um, it was a cold winter morning, and a guy was up at the Redmond site, and he was emptying his garbage can, cold morning, and his, his wedding ring slipped off his finger into a 53-yard truck full of garbage, uh, these big semis that we used to move waste from the transfer station to the landfill. He called me on the phone, and he was freaking out. He said, I've got to find that ring. My wife's going to kill me. I'm going to have to sleep in the garage. And so I, so I told him, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give a call up there and have the truck come down to the landfill. You can follow him and look for it. And as I hang up the phone, I'm thinking, that guy is dead meat. He is not going to find that <laughs> ring. And I have verified this story a couple times to make sure I had it right. Um, but when the load was dumped, now this is uh, about 120 cubic yards of garbage. And uh, he was there with his son. Once the truck pulled out of the way, he and his son walked up to the pile of garbage. His son bent over and picked up a piece of cardboard, and there was a ring on the ground. He found it in less than a minute. Oh, my goodness. And that's truly a, a remarkable. We've, we have had people over the years come out. You know, looking for things. I've, I mentioned this pocket watch. The guy said it was worth $75,000, a family heirloom. Um, and rarely does anybody find what they're looking for. So I know there's a gold mine out there. We've had calls for, you know, sacks of money. The guy cashed a check and left his cash in his greasy lunch bag and got thrown out. Um, you know, lots of jewelry, coin collections, um, wow. you know, stock stock documents, things like that. It's, it's all out there. And, and have you lost anything out there, anything of value? I haven't lost anything, but we found some things. You found some things. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, so, any interesting stories that uh, that you recall of well, the time? You know, I came into the the industry on the recycling side as opposed to the solid waste side, and and I can remember one of the first um, uh, recycling facilities I was involved in in getting set up, and we were operating it, and it was very early on in the operation, and and one day we got a phone call from from somebody who said, you know, I lost my very similar situation. It was a, a woman who had lost her engagement ring. And this is a recycling sort line where, you know, uh, 30 tons of material are going across the line an hour. So 
uh, material moving through very quickly. And by chance, that same day that this woman had called, somebody had seen a ring on the, on the line is going by and grabbed it and turned it into the office. Um, and so uh, uh, we called her back, and, and she said, oh, my God, I can't believe you found it. And she said, oh my I'll, I'll send my fiancé in to get it. And uh, the fiancé arrives, and he happens to be the, the business agent for our, our union. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we were just about nice. to go into the union negotiations, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is great. I think I have an advantage here. And, um, no, <laughs> no, it didn't work out. But, um, yeah, very thankful. And it's those types of things. That, uh, in the recycling facilities, we, we see that a lot, wallets and money and, and rings and other things. and when you're able to connect something to someone that they thought was gone is, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I see you both still have your <laughs> wedding rings on. So. Yeah, mine, mine fits pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chad, you were talking about 40 years. Yeah. And I understand that you're retiring soon. 38 days. Not that you're counting no, or anything. No, the kids snuck so. uh, an app on my phone, so it reminds me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> 38 days to retirement, and, and Tim, you're the incoming director. Talk about that transition, what you guys are planning to do, how to make that a seamless thing. I'm sure that uh, it's not often where your replacement is already here, so I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be a lot easier, probably especially because of the siting issue and, the, and those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, we, we have a, so much going on in the department. You know, it's not, not just the landfill siting. We have a couple of the major uh, projects we've been working on. And uh, Tim's been with, with we're, we've been joining at the for a little over a year now, and it was a really good opportunity for, for the county uh, to do this. Uh, Tim and I both interviewed for the director's job. It was not handed to me, even though, I, even though I've been here for about 25 years. And uh, this opportunity came up to bring uh, my replacement on board a lot earlier than the traditional four or six week handoff. Um, I can't imagine what that would have been like, you know, trying to orient somebody over that short period of time with everything they have going on. So uh, Tim and I have been working very well together for the past, it's been 14 months now. 14 months, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, hopefully I've done a good job getting them dialed in and oriented here. But, you know, we've been talking about what happens after I leave. When, when my predecessor, Tim Shimke, left, he was on board for a year as a senior advisor. And uh, we have that arrangement for, for me as well here. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be coming in on a regular basis just to touch bases and, you know, share some, some wisdom with Tim. And, uh, you know, we were talking, you know, even after that, my, my tenure as a senior advisor was up, I'm only a phone call away. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to pass on all that experience, even at a, you know, even in a 14 month window. So it's been a great working relationship. I, we, we definitely hit it off right off the bat. Okay. Be honest, Tim, are you <laughs> going to miss Chad? Any, any kind of quirks in the office that, uh, you're not going to miss? Um, on, I'll be honest. And, um, <laughs> No, I'm not going to miss a thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm. You know, he's he's been a, a, a pleasure to work with. Really um, uh, gracious and and um, and generous, generous with uh, um, me walking into his office every. You know, he, he hears my foot shuffle, so he doesn't even turn around. He's just like, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great process to have this kind of of, of time. Where both there's there's handoff, but at the same time we're we're able to kind of work on on new initiatives as well, and and uh, 
uh, new things while while trying to shore up the bases. Yeah, I, I will say you know T Tim has brought a, a, a <clears throat> different uh, a direction of experience than I've had, um, and uh, you know there were some. Uh, endeavors that Tim Shimke, my predecessor, had desires to do, and we just did not have the time or, or capability to to deal with it. And, and Tim bringing this this fresh look at things on there's a few things we've been tackling that that I think both Tim Shimke and I had wanted to do over the years, and you know we we've got you know somebody with a good background in it to to get these things launched and going. Chad, what advice do you have for Tim as he takes over this role? Because it can be a, a a hot seat at times, especially when you're talking about things that are a little controversial or, you know, uh, the landfill siting, things like that, dealing with the media or the politics of it all. What advice do you have for Tim? You know, I think it comes naturally to Tim is is to be patient and, and listen. Um, you know, we, we, we've had, you know, like every department, COVID brought some transitions in staffing and uh, um, we have a really good team of people on board. And I think Tim has really nurtured that along. Um, so, you know, that, that patient and listening is something that seems to come natural to him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, he's a very well-spoken person. He's, he, I, sometimes I get a little bit tongue-tied when I'm in, in public speaking. Tim seems to have that. He's that, kind that of skill. funny. He, he's kind of funny, right? I think it's that, that East Coast Philadelphia thing. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia? Yeah. Really? Yeah, sure. Ah. <laughs> so a little rocky and yeah. 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 Okay. Brother is bringing some brotherly love to there we go. to the yeah. landfill. I love it. Well, th uh, super interesting, guys. I really appreciate your time and uh, a, a lot of good stories. And thank you both for being here. We're we're excited for the we're excited for your next chapter, Chad. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on all thank your you. hard work, all that you've done for the county, Tim. We look forward to working with you. I'll, I'm sure I'll be seeing plenty of you around. Yes, you so, yeah. uh, so great to have you both here. If you have a question about this podcast or ideas for future podcasts, you can email us at info at deschutes.org. And remember to subscribe to the Inside Deschutes County podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, we hope you join us. Be safe out there. <laughs>